Hello and welcome to the live stream of Odds on Premier League Match Day 9. This round of English top flight football awaits us with many spectacular games, with most notably Man United and Liverpool at Old Trafford. My name is Daniel and I'm honoured to be ho hosting Odds on PL together with the one and only Tom Remy. Stay tuned to learn what tips and predictions has Tom prepared for us and you'll be able, I'm sure you'll be able to find value in most of them. Like the video, subscribe and hit the notification bell. And by the way, massive thank you. We are already over the 3000 subs mark. I think we reached it uh, last night. So really, thank you all. So let's get on with the show. First of all, Tom, how was your holiday? You yeah, very nice, away. very nice. Uh, I spent uh, five days in a caravan uh, with six <laughs> kids. So, you know, um, delighted to be back at work. <laughs> Couldn't imagine a better scenario to not rest yourself. <laughs> yes, the, the best way to rest now is to, to watch every available football match and pretend I'm at work. That's what I'm going to do for real rest. <laughs> yeah, and also I remember from last show you were singing along a song with uh, Edu. And I've got prepared a song myself today. Here goes the money. Here goes the money. Shane McMahon, baby. Did that take <laughs> a lot of preparation? Were you working on that um, for, for a long yeah, time? Actually, How long was, were rehearsals? Yeah, I was practicing in front of a mirror for like a 30, 40 hours. <laughs> hey, I was impressed, man. I was impressed. You got my full attention. I liked it. I say more singing on these videos. That's how we get the viewers. I think we just lost a viewer. <laughs> and Shubham says, hi. Hi, guys. Wait, make sure you drop a comment in the live chat. We are live with Tom, waiting for you. And going going strong now with the Friday kickoff, Aston Villa and Arsenal. Mm. Is anybody here to... Yeah. The only game in tonight's fixture, like I said, uh, the Gunners could consider themselves fortunate to steal a late point against Palace last time out. But after back-to-back -back draws, the home fans will be expecting them to do better. Villa travels on the back of uh, two defeats, two Spurs and Wolves uh, in the previous match days. Their season so far has married up to the inconsistencies of personnel and their attacking signings are still yet to line up. An interesting fact, though, is that Villa has won the last three meetings between the, those two sides without as much as conceding a goal. And we will definitely know how to beat Arsenal. So I'm guessing a double chance for Villa has a lot of potential here. Yeah, I think that's that's, that's quite fair. Look, I, if you look at the two teams at the moment, Arsenal have had a rejuvenation since their awful start to the campaign. They played well in the victory over Tottenham, which I was at recently. I thought good defensively against Brighton in the 0-0 draw before the international break. And against Crystal Palace, look, they were outplayed by Crystal Palace for long spells. But this is not a good cohesive team. What they mm. had was good fight, good tenacity and a stroke of luck. And they got a draw that maybe the performance didn't deserve. The transition at Arsenal seemingly is endless and massive. Um, for Aston Villa, their performances at the start of the season were worth better than what they were getting. For example, they outplayed Chelsea, lost that game by three goals to nil. Mm -hmm. But the last couple of games, very concerning. Certainly against Tottenham, I thought that was their worst showing of the campaign. And against Wolves last time out, the way they lost it. To be 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go and lose it 3-2. You know, it does suggest something is wrong there. I expect Villa to put that right, actually. I think they are still a good team. Um, 
Injury-wise, nothing of note uh, for Villa, for, for Arsenal. There's doubts about Saka, there's doubts about Xhaka. I think Xhaka's definitely out, in fact, and, and Saka has got a decent chance of making the squad, but probably not from the start. Yeah, I think I would look at Villa here. I'd absolutely look at Villa here. I think Villa to score and win, uh, both teams to score, sorry, and, and Villa to win, it would be right up there for me. I see a lot of goals in this game. I think Arsenal are still pretty poor defensively. I don't see much. Mm. In the Ben White, Gabriel, Tierney um, trio that's back there, I, I don't see a great deal of of defensive cover in Thomas Partey. Who just doesn't look suited to the Premier League. The more you watch him, the more you think he needs to move back to Spain. Um, and with Aston Villa, their their tenacious midfield, I think will overrun them. Um, so I'd be looking here for over two point five goals in the game, and I would shade it just towards Villa. Nice. I also agree with you. It's going to be an interesting game tonight. And next we have an early kickoff on Saturday. Chelsea taking Norwich on Stamf at Stamford Bridge in a game where the main question is how many to zero for Two Hills boys? <laughs> yes. Well, um, as I mentioned to Edu most weeks, my plan for the season, which I advise everyone to do, is bet against Norwich. <laughs> bet against Norwich in all sorts of ways. They are going to win no more than four matches this season. So if you bet against them every week, you will make some money. The issue here is that Lukaku is out and Timo Werner is out. Now, people might say, oh, Timo Werner, who cares, right? Well, <laughs> if Lukaku isn't playing, he does start up front. Kai Havertz is not doing it. I think Thomas Tuchel this week said something on the lines of he's got to put his finger out. He's not putting enough effort in for Chelsea, Kai Havertz, and one or two others he put into that boat as well. They need to step up now. Uh, for Norwich City, another dismal, dismal match last week. Uh, the draw against Brighton, where they probably should have lost it, the nil-nil draw before that against Burnley. They have sort of decided now they're going to stop trying to football their way to safety and they're going to try and bludgeon their way to safety. But there's no path to safety for Norwich because the squad is subpar and the coach is essentially German Neil Warnock, as has been said many times um, in the last few weeks. Very good at getting teams promoted. No idea how to navigate the Premier League. He's proved it over and over again. So look, in this game, here's your handicap. Chelsea minus three. You get around 5.5-ish this morning. Um, so certainly have a scan around for that. Um, people might think, well, no, Lukaku, they won't score many goals. But you're, I'm surprised often how often it is that a key player is missing and the others do actually step up. And I can see Kai Havertz running riot in a game like this. I can see someone like Callum Hudson-Odoi having a big game. You know, I think hmm. players that haven't quite done it for Chelsea as that. P people like Ruben Loftus-Cheek was fantastic last week in the win over Brentford. Mason Mount should come back into the team. I think they've got enough creativity, enough talent, enough brilliance to win heavily. And I'm going Chelsea, minus three. Definitely. Norwich have booked their early ticket to Champions Football, Championship Football next season. And uh, interesting fact, though, is that Chelsea hasn't actually scored more than once in their last four home games against Norwich. But I, I think tonight that will change. Not tonight, mm. but tomorrow, uh, early kickoff. Yeah. Next, we move on to Crystal Palace and Newcastle. Um, Newcastle came from behind to lead uh, against Arsenal 2-1 on Monday night, only to concede injury time and settle for a point, which was their third consecutive draw in the Premier League. Newcastle, meanwhile, lost Steve Bruce. He's finally being released uh, <laughs> by uh, mutual agreement, as they say in the media. <laughs> um, yeah, they took a beating uh, with to Tottenham with 3-2 last time at home. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure how will this result because they haven't got any new manager right now. So maybe they will drift further. Well, 
I mean, Newcastle are interesting. Well, let's start with Palace because I actually think they've played really well for about a month and a half. Um, they were great in, in the game against Tottenham when they won. They were great in the draw against West Ham before that. Really impressive in the 1-1 draw against Brighton. Should have won that more convincingly. Uh, really impressive in the 2-2 draw against Leicester. Should have won that more convincingly. And also should have won a Monday night football against Arsenal. So, good performances. Why aren't they winning? Conceding poor goals. Over and over again, conceding poor goals. They spent a lot of money on Wackham Anderson and Mark Gay at set and a half. Not too sure about either of those two. Not too sure about the partnership. Good money invested. Might be bad scouting. Might be players that haven't improved as yet. But centre half, they look a bit weak at the moment, Crystal Palace. And in central midfield, you expect Luka Milivojevic to be there, but he's been injured quite a lot. You expect maybe Sheku Kuyate, but his legs look a bit like he's uh, he's lost a bit of, of his pace, lost a bit of his, his energy. He used to get up and down for 90 minutes, certainly in his West Ham days. Uh, James MacArthur, too busy kicking people to play football these days. So, you know, a lot of issues with, with Crystal Palace, despite the fact that Conor Gallagher, I think, has been one of the players of the season so far. Doubts about Wolfrid Sahara as well, which throws this into question. But for Newcastle, they won't have a new manager by this game. Graham Jones will be in caretaker charge. Even if they have appointed someone, he won't take charge of this game. And it's a very poor team. It's a really poor squad. Like, it's been really, really poor for a long, long time. Callum Wilson still likely to be missing. Um, so that's a massive, massive concern, I think, for Newcastle. Still, who's going to score goals? Who knows? Not Joe Linton. So Maximad does it in fits and starts. I like him, but but not enough to carry this team through. I can only see a Palace win here. I can only see a Palace victory. I think it'll be a quite narrow victory. I'd be looking low scoring. I'd be looking one goal in it, under 1.5, however you look at it. I can see Palace having worked on the defence all week, keeping a clean sheet, despite recent travails defensively only because how poor Newcastle are going forward so Palace to win low scoring yeah it was very interesting to see the face of the new owner uh you know the social media was flooding with memes <laughs> yeah and people saying I only wanted to buy a new castle not a new castle team yeah. top banter that's top funny. dad banter that is <laughs> comedy written by the middle middle-aged middle-class dads of our audience <laughs> there you go <laughs> Okay, moving on to Everton and Watford. You know, we saw Everton's perfect home record ending last Sunday as they fell to a 1-0 loss to West Ham. Mm. However, the Toffees will be confident uh, of a return to winning ways when they welcome Watford at Goodison Park. Claudio Ranieri endured a torrid afternoon in his first game back in the Premier League, managing uh, as his Hornet side were dismantled 5-0 by, by mm. Liverpool. Watford have lost three of their last of their four away league matches this season, and all you all, you know, I see uh, win for Everton here. Yeah, I, I do want to agree with that. I do, but I, I watched Everton last week against West Ham and thought they were very poor across the game. You know that Damari Gray, Andros Townsend, Solomon Rondon trio—they've done all right actually, much better than any of us expected. But the reason they're playing for Everton, the reason we didn't expect much, is because those guys often will have certainly in Townsend's case, a nice purple patch of form, then disappear for three years and then do it again. And, you know, I hope it doesn't happen because he seems like a great guy, Andros Townsend, and he's definitely talented, but I just don't see him being able to carry this team forward. Calvert-Lewin's still out, I'm told, but Richarlison should back. That'll make a massive difference. It'll give him a real shot in the arm offensively. For Watford, Josh King returns, and that could be good because... As much as he has detractors, Josh King, and certainly hasn't played well in two and a half years consistently since he was up front with Callum Wilson at Bournemouth, 
But it gives them an actual striker. I'm not sure Emmanuel Dennis is, is, is going to be an actual Premier League striker. Who's going to make it work alongside or in a trio with Ishmael Assar at Watford? Someone mm. has to if they're going to stay up, but I, I don't see who it's going to be. And Saar is not a central forward. The issue with this and why it might be a game to be wary of is that we learned nothing about Watford last week under Ranieri. Absolutely nothing. Changed the manager. Ranieri came in. Liverpool at home. Not a chance. They never had a chance. They might as well have not turned up. Um, <laughs> but they have had maybe seven days training now with Claudio Ranieri, who himself has his detractors. But you don't work for the amount of clubs, for the amount of time he has without knowing a little something about organising a team, right? So I do think he will be able to get this team organised to a degree. I don't know about this one. You know what? This is one I personally would avoid. If, if you're asking for a tip, <laughs> and I'll tip Everton, I'll tip Everton to win by a couple of goals, 2-0. But I still don't know about Watford. So Watford for two or three weeks are someone I might be looking to to avoid a little bit. But go for Watford, but uh, Everton to win by a couple of goals. Yeah, definitely a dangerous game to touch right now, as you mentioned. Uh, Ranieri will be looking to get this unit working together, especially defensively. And uh, yeah, it could be it could be an interesting game here, an interesting end result. We move on to Leeds and Wolves. Leeds have only won, have only won one of their last eight league games uh, as they continue to struggle for consistency. Meanwhile, Wolves have won three on the bounce after last weekend's remarkable comeback of, uh, of Aston Villa. Uh, also, Wolves have won their last three and are unbeaten in their last five head-to-head -head meetings with Leeds. Mm. So, should should be confident on taking something from their trip to Elon Road. Really interesting to see the odds are almost dead even on this one. They fluctuate a bit, but they're all about 2.5, 2.8, and they keep going mm. up and down, up and down. I yeah. don't know if we've had the Rafinha news yet, but Rafinha should be back for this one for Leeds. That could make a big difference. We still don't know about Calvin Phillips. If he is able to play, that'll make a big difference. So you might need to watch out when you put your bet on this game because if Phillips is back, the odds for Leeds will drop down. Uh, Patrick Bamford is out. That's still a massive blow. There is no striker at the club except Bamford, who's been out for a long time now. For Wolves, the incredible thing about them is that I watched the Villa game last week because it was it was kicking off so much in the last 10 minutes that I kind of I started watching it in our green room before we were doing our game. And I chatted to the commentator afterwards because I watched the last 10 and thought, God, Wolves look amazing here. What what great attacking intent. The commentator told me it was the worst 80 minutes from any team he's seen this season. Um, <laughs> just a dreadful performance. Couldn't even pass the ball five yards. He couldn't understand, and which is why football is such a magic thing. He couldn't understand how Wolves won it. And I watched the game back and I watched it and I thought, I agree. There was, they did nothing. They offered nothing. They're defensively weak. Midfield looks slow. Never looked like scoring, apart from give it to Traore and hope he can beat five people to score. And they score three of the most rubbish goals you're ever going to see. A couple of tap-ins and a deflected free kick and win it by three goals to two. So I wouldn't be too enthused about Wolves as yet. However, if Phillips is missing... And at the moment, unless they tell me he's fit, I'll say he's missing. Bamford is missing. Even with Rafinha, I'd still be looking here for an away win because sometimes you just have the luck with you. And the luck can then breed confidence. The confidence breeds form. Wolves, four wins in five, somehow or other, despite the fact they've only scored eight goals this season. I think Wolves can win, and I don't think Wolves will concede. Wolves have done well against Leeds the last couple of years in the Premier League as well. And so... Wolverhampton Wanderers to win, and they keep a clean sheet. That's my tip. 
It's a very, very, how say, courageous tip indeed. Someone yeah. in the comments uh, suggests that draw is the at best here, but we should wait and see. Mm -hmm. Southampton welcomes Burnley, and they finally picked up their first league league win of the season. Woo! Applause. <laughs> you actually expected there to be a tough game. We were uh, suggesting that Leeds should be taking the, the win, but mm. unfortunately, we were wrong. Meanwhile, yeah. Burnley lost with only 2-0 to Man City, where again, we expected at least five goals. Yeah. Why, why is these things happening to us? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a great question. I, I think that... Um... <laughs> I was I did I've not seen Broha before who played last week for for Southampton the man brought in from Chelsea I'd not seen him I know Southampton fans really wanted him to start for a while and that's the first time I saw him and I thought he made the difference in the game someone I'd not seen before was the guy who made the difference so that's how they beat Leeds last week I think because they they do actually have better players than what they had shown so far as for Burnley I think that Man City just switched off after two you know, if they wanted to crush them, they'd have crushed them. But at 2-0 mm. up, Bernie weren't going to score. Bernie ain't going to touch the ball. You know what? 2-0 is enough. Sometimes City do that. Sometimes they don't. Um, and so, you know, that's the issue when you put on your, your your Asian handicaps with Man City. can go either way. But still, Burnley, without Ben Mee last week, should be back this week. Put on a decent, organised, defensive performance. Um, still not sure how they're going to win a game this season, to be honest, Burnley. Uh, Southampton got their first last week. Burnley still wait for their first. I can only see a draw in this game. I can only see two very, very even teams. I mean, again, Broha could be the difference because he looks like he could be a real difference maker. Strong physically, tremendous finish last week, carries the ball forward, plays multiple positions. Yep, Something yep. unexpected for Southampton, which they've not had for quite some time. For Burnley, I don't know who's going to score for them. I've, I haven't got a clue who's going to score a goal for them. I like the look <laughs> of Max Cornet. I really do, but... Um, I don't know whether they're the kind of team that are going to be able to get him the ball, support him to do a bit of magic, or whether it's going to be a case of get him the ball and hope he can do it all on his own. So in this game, I'd be looking low scoring, and I might be looking double chance Southampton, but there's not a great deal of money in that. Edge Southampton maybe, but low scoring draw, 1-1. One, one, that kind of scoreline for me. Yeah, or probably just avoid altogether. Yeah. Wasting your money here. And speaking of Man City and trashing, they did that over um, Champions League in midweek mm. Midweek with 5-1 to Club Bruges. Um, Pep Guardiola's side are unbeaten now in seven league matches since their opening day. Defeat to Tottenham and have kept a clean sheet in six of those. Meanwhile, Brighton are having also a fantastic campaign so far and they're fourth in the current standings. Unbeaten in their last six matches. They have kept clean sheets in four of those. They were they have actually drawn each of their last three head to head. Uh, no, sorry, last three and head into Sunday game with successful successive zero zero draws. Yeah, what but they're good we... at the back. They're, they're very good at the back, Brighton. You know, we, we've said this for a long, long time about Brighton that Graham Potter is a manager who, for some reason, has got this reputation of God. They play good football, don't they? And I'm not here hmm. saying they don't play good football. But that isn't what Brighton are built on. They're built on a brilliant defence. There's a reason Arsenal thought Ben White was worth £50 million. And that's because <laughs> he played for, for Graham Potter, who knew how to use him and how to play him. Um, there's a chance in this game, I believe, that, uh, that Webster might return to that defensive trio alongside Dunk, Duffy, maybe even Dan Byrne drops out for him. That would make a massive, massive difference. But 
you know, last week against Norwich, Jossard had an open goal and still couldn't score. So that was a let off. You know, they, they were never going to score Norwich, but still another clean sheet for Brighton. Um, again, off- offensively is is where their big issue is going to be. If they get a chance, they've got to score it, Brighton. They've got to be clinical. And at times they have been this season. And that's why they are where they are. Unbeaten in five, but three draws in a row. Um, mm. Certainly should have won against Norwich. Certainly should have won uh, against Arsenal mm-hmm. the game before that. For Man City... Look, the issue is here. Any other team going to Brighton this weekend, and I'd fancy Brighton. Literally any other team. But this is Man City. And if you're a gambler, you don't bet against Man City. Man City are going to win 30, 32 games this season, right? So I won't bet against Mm -hmm. them, even though I want to say how good I think Brighton are. And they've got a chance because Ferran Torres is out, so there is no striker. That ongoing issue continues. But I'd still fancy Manchester City, and I'd still fancy them to win without conceding. I wouldn't go Asian handicap here. But I'd certainly look 1.5 and above. Interesting. I think last season, actually, Brighton won this fixture with 2-2. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Maybe um, staying away from the outright markets or and betting on goals could be, you know, something to look at. So, we got Sunday, Brentford and Leicester City. Uh, Brentford were unfortunate not to get at least a point at home to Chelsea last weekend. Only denied by an informed Mendy. The newly promoted side have now given Arsenal, Liverpool and Chelsea hell this season. Mm. And Leicester would be here for another tough uh, contest. On the other side, uh, the visitors have conceded five goals across their last two games, but have managed to win both by scoring eight themselves. Missing both uh, Tielemans and Ndidi, I, I hope I'm saying it correctly, would be a big loss for the inconsistent Leicester side. So um, Brentford can cause trouble here. Definitely. Yeah, I mean they can. I think I think that's a good way of putting it. Brentford can cause trouble. They're causing trouble for everybody. They are the Stoke City of the Premier League currently. <laughs> you know they, they get up, yeah, they get about, yeah. They 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 trouble you physically. Uh, they've got some good football players, sure, but they don't play good football in terms of like tick attacker or something like that. They knock it long. They knock it down. They win the second ball and they go for the jugular at all times, and, and that's what they do. Um, and it's worked out very, very well. I mean, you know, got West Ham a couple of weeks ago, should have got Chelsea last week, nearly got a win against Liverpool, uh, one at Wolves. You know, they, they just are able, Arsenal famously, they just have an ability to get under the skin of the opponent. And at the moment, the Premier League isn't quite ready for them. I think the Premier League will adapt, as they did against with Stoke City. They will learn how to, to cope with these, these very physical tactics. And... Brentford might need to develop a bit, but that's what Brentford do. So I expect them to do that. But they keep trying long throws, but they haven't got a player who could do a long throw. You know, Ethan Pinnock and Matthias Jorgensen are not Rory Delap, and they're trying to find the near post with long throws, which ain't happening. Um, And that's why they didn't beat Chelsea last week, because they didn't have another way of attacking that could break Chelsea down. Plus, of course, you mentioned it, while Mendy was fantastic. Um, But, you know, all credit to Brentford for what they've done in the Premier League this season. For Leicester... um, had to do something. There was a real crisis of confidence going on for Leicester City and they've decided to get on the front foot. Get out there, score goals, win it. Don't be afraid. They looked afraid in some games this season. I think they were trying to cover for the absence of Johnny Evans by being a bit more considered defensive um, and also so many injuries as well. You mentioned the players they're going to be missing. That's a massive, massive blow for yeah. Leicester. Um, I think both teams will score in this game. I think both teams will score, but the way the form is right now, and the injury issues Leicester have got, I am just not going to bet against Brentford. I would say Brentford win this, both teams will score. Look at the draw market as well, though, certainly. Really fancy this bet, in fact, yeah. 
And then we have uh, West Ham Tottenham East London Derby, if I'm if I'm correct. Near enough, um, yeah, near enough. Northeast, fully east, yeah. <laughs> you can have it. You know, West Ham is to a 3-0 win over Genk uh, last night in the Europa League. And this victory means they have now won five in their last six games in all competitions. However, they have been poor at home lately, failing to win in three uh, in three in the league at the at London Stadium. Yep. Tottenham, uh, meanwhile, stuttered in the Europa Conference, the newly uh, emerged uh, tournament, mm-hmm. uh, where they lost uh, 1-0 to V. Vitesse, Vitesse, I'm not sure which team is that. <laughs> Vitesse. Let's say so Vitesse. Vitesse on them, yeah. Vitesse, yeah. Um, they also lost this fixture here last season. Uh, and defeat in the midweek is ominous sign for the North London side. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this is a big game for both teams. It's kind of the biggest game of the season for West Ham because Tottenham are the team that West Ham see as their biggest rivals. Arsenal are Tottenham's. Uh, everyone hates up the ladder. That's sort of how it goes. Uh, but it's become more even in the last few years as West Ham have got better and Tottenham have got worse. Tottenham rested 11 for the loss on Thursday. West Ham rested 7 for the victory against Genk. They were at home. Spurs went away. So who's got the advantage in terms of freshness? Probably Tottenham, just. Uh, but they rested Kane. West Ham rested Antonio. So the top striker, the most important player for both teams, got a full week's rest. Um, at the moment, I'd say West Ham are a slightly better side. Why? I think defensively, they are better, defensively better players. The midfield is stronger, but the offence, despite how good West Ham have been this season, Spurs' offence still has Harry Kane and Hung Min Son in it. Kane's not been at his best, everyone knows that, but he's still Harry Kane. He will turn it round, and Hung Min Son is a phenomenal, phenomenal player who could strip anybody for pace and skill in the entire league. Real tough game to call this one. Real, real yeah. tough game. I expect yeah. almost full strength teams from both. Antonio will be back. Uh, Sue Fowles a doubt, but Ben Johnson's done well at right back for West Ham. Bowen limped off on Thursday, but he should be fit for this one. And I expect all the Spurs big names uh, to be back. This looks to me like a draw. It looks to me like a high scoring draw. Draw and both teams score. Draw and over 3.5. I'd also be looking at West Ham to open the scoring in this game. So never go at actual scores, you know, for fun, maybe put a pound on it, a dollar, whatever, but never put real money on actual scores. But this game screams 2-2 to me. It screams 2-2. It screams 3-3. It screams entertaining, thrilling, high-scoring draw. And if you can double that up with Antonio and Kane to score, I'd recommend you do that too. Yeah, if it, if it walks like a draw, if it talks like a draw, it must be a draw. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now, the highlight of match day nine, play the invisible drums. One of the fiercest and most eagerly awaited Northwest derby between bitter rivals Man United and Liverpool at Old Trafford. Man United will be high on confidence after coming from behind yet again on Champions League day, this time beating Atalanta with 3-2 after trailing two down. However, there's, there were still major questions, question marks over the performance, mm. particularly in the first half against uh, Atalanta side, which was missing several key players. Uh, the Red Devils did create a lot of chances, though, which is a good sign. And the players showed that they are still fighting for uh, the manager. Mm. But Jurgen Klopp is probably very happy at the back right now because uh, his team is flying with Mo Salah scoring goals for fun. Um, I'm pretty sure they will exploit every weakness possible in a Sunday 
Mm. Uh, so in the evening. Yeah, a tough game. Always a tough game, this one, because they both always lift their game significantly because it is such a massive match between the two most successful clubs in the history of British football. You know, they mm. are rivals going back 100 years. I always think of this, as many do, as the kind of classico of English football, despite the fact that whenever Man United are good, Liverpool seem to be rubbish. And when Liverpool are good, Man United <laughs> seem to be rubbish. This is about as close as they've ever been, but I would still suggest that Liverpool shade it in almost every department, from, from manager to striker and everyone in between. Um, let, let's look at the two teams. Man United have played reasonably poorly of late, even when they've got victories. I don't think anyone's been particularly impressed by their performances uh, when they beat West Ham. Shouldn't have won that game, uh, but got a bit lucky in the end. Last three league games, poor against Aston Villa, poor against Everton, diabolical at times against Leicester last week, certainly in the latter exchanges. Um, doubts as well over Varane. Fred is a doubt. And Bruno Fernandes, I read this morning, is a doubt mm. for this game as well. So they have their issues, Manchester United. And also mm. Maguire looks like he's rushed back. He's a player that needs five, six games to get back to his best. I don't think he came back fully fit anyway. So that's a massive concern for Manchester United. And it'll be Lindelof Maguire again this weekend. You know, and there's, there's so many issues with them. You know, we haven't got time to go through them all. But, you know, one bissaka is a good defender, but can't attack. Luke Shaw's a good attacker, but he's not particularly a great defender. What is the right balance and blend in midfield? If he's fit, is it Fred and McTominay as a base? Or is it Fred and Matic? Or do you drop Pogba in? And where does Fernandez play? Where does Ronaldo play? What was the point of signing Jaden Sancho? You know, there's, there's so many question marks over them and I don't have the answers. No one does. The world is discussing this and they haven't got the answers. Um, yeah. As for Liverpool, the front three looks spectacular. Uh, whatever trio they put out there, and I think it's going to be the classic trio this weekend of, of Mane, Salah, Firmino. They all look like they're in fantastic form. Jota is finally doing the role he was kind of brought in for, which was bear the heavy load with that trio as opposed to coming and be the new striker. He had to do it for a while because Firmino was in poor form, but he stopped now, Firmino, from being that kind of like, does he score goals? Hat-trick against Watford. Yeah, it was Watford, but scored a hat-trick nonetheless. That question goes on the back burner for a while. Defensive looks strong. The midfield is still question marks. Thiago still out, um, as is uh, Curtis Jones and, and Harvey Elliott we know about. So they can't make many changes there. I think they do and will miss Vinaldo moving forward. But in this game, I can only see Liverpool coming out with a victory because they have Mo Salah. And, and he is, and everyone keeps saying best player in the world. I hate saying best player in the world because I can't name 10 players in the Argentinian top flight. Maybe there are players there that are better than this one. I don't know. I can tell you he's the best player I've seen playing football in Europe this season. Without question, the best player in the Premier League this season. And I think that him up against that Man United back line, I think he'll be the difference between these two. So double up Liverpool win and Salah to score. I did see one this morning, which was, Salah scores first and Liverpool win 3-1, which is 70-1 to uh, on one of our partner sites this morning. So certainly Amazing. look out for that sort of bet. But Salah and Liverpool to win as a double is what I'd be looking at. I don't think Man United will score in this game, which might be a bit controversial. But I don't think this Man United attack have what it takes to break down that Liverpool defence, Ronaldo or no Ronaldo. I don't know how they do it. And so I would be looking at Liverpool to win without conceding. Liverpool win and Salah to score. Those are my doubles. For me, no chance for Man United this weekend. Very interesting indeed. For me, it's a bit worrying that uh, now Liverpool has sustained their unbeaten run to a record 21 matches. And, you know, this could be a little bit pressure for the players. 
or maybe even a, a, a confidence boost. It's always mm-hmm. tough when you have this uh, sort of uh, achievements, you know, uh, before a big game. Mm-hmm. But we should wait and see. Uh, Tom, it's time for your ACA now. What uh, Got. Yeah, I've gone for a three. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm losing confidence in my hackers because the games are no. getting a little bit um, more difficult to call. Um, I, I think that later in the season we'll get a bit more adventurous. But for the moment, just gone three. Two are obvious. Chelsea will win against Norwich. Always bet against Norwich. Man City will win against Brighton. But I'll also throw Wolverhampton Wanderers in there, which makes it spicy. Pushes it up to five. Wolves will win at Leeds. That's my trio. Hmm. Good one, yeah. We have a total of 520 with this one, and hopefully you will nail it this time. <laughs> hopefully. Well, I've not been trying to be rubbish at them. I've been <laughs> trying to be good. Maybe you can spice it up a little bit with uh, goals, not just wins. Oh, outright markets, oh. outright markets uh, a bitch sometimes. Excuse my French. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> having a little bit of this, a little bit of that could be better. I, I really enjoy bed builders. Uh, I'm not sure if you if you fancy them. Very, very I mean, I just, I, I, I'm personally, the more you put into it, the less likely you are to win. I like to look at uh, certainties with one variable, which is mm. why this ACA is the kind of thing I would usually do. Three things that are going to happen and one thing that looks unlikely. That's where you add your flavor to your stew with your one thing that's unlikely. Build a solid foundation, sprinkle in some rosemary. Make notes, guys. Make notes. Wise person has spoken. <laughs> all right, then. So that was all from March Day 9 in the Premier League, analyzed and predicted by Tom Rennie. If you enjoyed the show, please do like, subscribe to the channel, and hit the bell. Share with your friends, share with your neighbors, spread the word. We are here again next week with Premier League. Thank you very much and stay on the right side of the money. See you soon. So- see you soon, Tom. <laughs>